Well, welcome to the Grit Podcast, episode number 11. I'm here live with David Ligatich. Let's do this. Boom. Welcome to the Grit Podcast, the podcast that motivates and encourages you to become the real man you're destined to be. Forecasting live in the rugged Northwest, just east of the trailblazing city of Portland. So let's get locked and loaded because it's time to get gritty with it. Here's your host and lead grit man, Jamie Worley. Welcome everybody to the Grit Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Worley, and today I'm here with uh, a wonderful guy named David Ligatich. And one of the things we're going to talk about today, we've got to get this out of the way because we call him Biscuit. We call him Biscuit, but David, you don't really like that name, do you? I don't think it represents me. Well, you do own a cafe called Biscuits Cafe. It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, it does, but uh, my wife is the cafe side. I am the business side. Oh, so she's the Biscuit. She is a Biscuit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh-huh. so uh, all the guys have started kind of calling you Biscuit on Sunday nights. Now, you you got some ideas maybe about what your nickname should be because you were texting me, I think, what was it, yesterday, and you said, hey, I'm not so sure about this name, Biscuit. Um, what Can we look at – can I come up with my own nickname? And well, I was like, well, here's the deal. You can't really come up with your own nickname. I think there's got to be some consortium of agreement amongst everyone that says – this matches you. And so I'm not really sure that you can come up with your own nickname on your own. However, however, in the show notes below, if you're on Spotify, go ahead and scroll down. We are going to put a poll. You get to pick David's nickname. Now, <laughs> now, now, David. David gets to pick it. Now, you, you don't get sole control over David Ligatich, okay? This guy is important in our community. You can't just control him, okay? Like you try to control me with all your emails. Stop sending me emails. If you have a complaint, don't talk to me about it. Uh, talk to your mother-in-law or something about it, but stop emailing me your complaints. I don't read them. I don't care. Here's the thing, though. We're going to come up with a nickname for David, and you get a say in it. So down below, there's a poll question. Make sure you put in what you think David's nickname should be. Now, here's kind of the caveat. You need to wait till you've listened to this whole podcast about David before you put your answer in. So make sure you listen to this thing in full and then come up when you think of David Ligatich. That's not a gun, by the way. When you think of David (laughs) Ligatich, I think of blank. Come up with his nickname. I think that's the best way to do it, don't you? Do I have to read all of them? Well, the public is going to be voting for you here pretty soon. They are. They are. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a minute. But I don't see why we don't just go straight American and have people vote on your nickname. What you do you know think what? about that? I think that's actually a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So are you committed to owning, upon your agreement, whatever nicknames or nickname that they come up with? As long as it represents me. <laughs> well because <laughs> i know a lot of people i'm gonna have voting on this and i may or may not have some influence on what they say yeah okay so we'll see. we'll see so moving on here's the deal uh so you own one or two businesses right what tell me about your business biscuits cafe right biscuits cafe uh we own there's there's 23 total throughout uh washington oregon and arizona we own six of them so wow. it is a franchise yeah how did how did that start um, you know, my wife's been in the restaurant business since she was like 16. Oh, okay. So a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was uh, part mother, part, part, part time, full mother, full mother, part time. Right. Um, yeah. and you know, there was a lot of stuff that led up to it. We went up to Alaska for a while. When we came back, she decided to get a part-time job and she got a part-time job at Biscuits Cafe in Gresham. So she was act. Wait. So she started working at Biscuits Cafe in Gresham. This is before you owned it. Oh yeah, she like she a, started there. She was a part time server. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, owner, the owner uh, came in. Actually, the founder of the company, and uh, just just took a liking to her. Mm-hmm. Just just really did. You know, I never saw my wife, and and I hate to say this, I never saw her as a leader or a manager. Mm-hmm. I saw her as somebody who worked part time and, and yeah. took care of the kids, and and you know, we we love each other and had a great time together. Yeah. Right? Or have a great time together. Um, so she came home one day and said, Hey, he wants to promote me to the lead of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. She goes, what do you think? 
And I said, well, that's, I, th- I think it's a good idea. I said, you know, and she goes, well, you've been in leadership and management for 26 years. Yeah. If I was to bounce stuff off of you. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, so wait, wait a second. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, what were you doing at this time that she was offered this position? What were you doing? At that point in time, I was working for Pacific Dental Services. Okay. So um, we would do, we would open offices. We would get the leadership in there, train hmm. up the staff. And then, okay. you know, all the, all the front end stuff, which gotcha. I loved. It was, yeah. out of all the jobs I've had, that's probably the best. And like I say, yeah. jobs. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, she, I think she lasted about six months as the lead. And then he wanted to have her do district trainer. So she would go around to all the restaurants at the time. That's a step up. Yeah, that was a big step up. Yeah, district, yeah. Yeah, and uh, 11 restaurants at that time. She actually opened quite a few with him. Hmm. Um, Then she became the district manager. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was having some health problems at the time. We can get into that a different time. Okay. And uh, I kept passing out at work, and she would have to leave work and come pick me up. Now, Hmm. mind you, this gentleman who owns Biscuits Cafe is... uh, very, very religious Christian. Mm-hmm. I look up to him very well and never met him before. And he wanted to have a meeting with my wife and I at a coffee shop. And I thought it was strange. Mm-hmm. And when we met up at the coffee shop, he, you know, we talked, yeah. had those conversations. And he said, you know, um, I'm at a crossroads right now. I, I, I think um, I'm going to kind of hand a lot of this business over to my grandson. Mm-hmm. And therefore, your position's going away, is what he said to my wife. Well, yeah. that's good news. Yeah, I was, I was like, whoa. He says, but I got, I got two options for you. He's, t- he's talking to my wife. He mm-hmm. says, um, I can put you back as a part time server, mm-hmm. or I can make you an owner. Wow. And my, I had the same expression you have on your face right now. I was like, whoa. And I had a lot of thinking to do because I did not have a lot of time. Yeah. Right. And my wife's like, I want to be a part time server, and I'm like, I want to be an owner. And she looked at me, and he looked at me, and I said, no, 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 no. We want to take advantage of this. So because you're wired as a leader, and she was more of more intimidated maybe, is that the right word, as by that kind of level of, I mean, it's not district, it's owner. That's yeah. a whole other ballgame. You are right? responsible for employees. You're responsible yeah. for rent. And not only that, but it costs money to buy a biscuits cafe. Right. You know. He um, wasn't just going to hand it over. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, he's a businessman. Sure. It makes sense. But, he, you know, we made it work. Yeah. We made it work. Um, we were in that biscuits for just a few months. So did so when that was offered, did your you and your wife decide to kind of be joint owners by role, not maybe by title, because he's offering that to her, right? But you were there to assist her in the administrative front well, end, back end stuff. The perception I got from him was mm-hmm. we had to do it together. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was okay. like I had to quit my job. Yeah. He... He knew my background because I had actually applied for a district manager position. Oh, he, he did. Had open, okay. And he had read that application, never yeah. responded to it. But right. I think in his mind, yeah. he was like, okay, I want to go this direction. Right. Yeah. So it was a good move on his part. It was. You guys are you guys are a perfect fit. We are. You know, she knows the restaurant business. She knows yeah. customers. She knows food. She knows all that. I don't. Yeah. I know business. You're you're like the guy on Shark Tank. Or not Shark Tank, but uh, what do you call it? Undercover boss. When they they go, you, you ever seen those sh- that show? And they they go and they spend time in their own company, the company they own, and they don't even know what's happening in the at the counter. They have no idea. They're like, what goes on a sandwich? It's your sandwich, and they don't even know. Yep, they have I, no clue. Are you that guy? No, <laughs> I'm the guy who quit. You're the a, clueless guy. I am the guy who quit a very successful job to wash dishes for five years. There you go. Wash dishes, cook. I learned every aspect of that business. And yeah. just recently, because we've grown, our company, my wife and I, has grown so large yeah. that I actually take on all of the back-end stuff. So, yes, at this really? point in time, I do visit the restaurants. I love talking to the customers. I yeah. love talking to the employees. I have seen you in your own restaurant. I've seen you wipe a table in your own oh, restaurant. Yeah. Uh, you you are just, you're, you're hands-on. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. hands on. I saw a guy in Grant's Pass. There's a, uh, it, it's a pizza place called Wild Something. I can't remember it. Um, I'll put a, I'll put a link in the, in the bottom here in the show notes for it. Number one, it was the best medium draft beer I've ever had in my life. Best ever. And they brew their own. But the owner was sitting there and he was wiping 
he was wiping tables. He was bussing tables. This guy was the owner. I thought, that's an owner. You know what I mean? Every time I've seen you in your own Biscuits Cafe, you're talking to customers, you're talking to servers, and they all seem to love you. You know, I, I Most would people don't love their boss. I would hope so. I, I love every one of my employees. Yeah. I, and I can say that from a HR perspective. I love every one of my employees. Yeah. When I walk into a restaurant, first thing I do is I grab a pitcher of water, a pitcher of coffee. I, I walk to every table, refill water, refill coffee, talk to, chat with customers. It gives, me a, yeah. it gives me an idea of what's going on in that restaurant before I talk to those employees. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm able to go to that manager and say, man, I just hit everybody in here. Everybody's happy. Everybody's loving it. You guys are yeah. doing a great job. Or I can go to the manager and say, hey, dude, I, I kind of hit a couple tables over here. They need some loving. They really do. Now, that's the difference between a dictator and a leader. Yeah. I used to be a dictator. Yeah. I'm a leader. Yeah. And that took a lot to change. But yeah. I've noticed since becoming a leader, which, by the way, I have been for many years. Yeah. Um, people respect you more. Yeah. People love you more. Yeah. So... Well, there's a difference between fearing someone and respecting someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, dictators are feared. They're not respected. Correct. If there's a level of respect, it's born out of fear. And um, we, I think we've all been in that spot. Anybody who's ever been in leadership has tested the waters of controlling others. Yep. And the feeling of power on the inside that you can move the pieces around and there's not a thing they can do or say about it. There is a kind of a high when you're able to control people that way, or whether it's through a business or a whatever leadership position it's in. What was it in your mind that clicked between being a dictator and being a leader? What, what, like, what happened inside of you that made that shift? Because most people don't just become good leaders right off the bat. There's a lot of failure involved. You hurt other people, you hurt yourself, you hurt your ventures. What what was it inside of you? Was there one specific thing? And I have no idea what it might have been. Maybe there wasn't one specific thing. Mm-hmm. But was there one specific thing that flicked the switch inside of your brain that said, this is not how I need to be. This is dictatorship. I need to be a true leader. And where did you learn how to be a leader? You know, I know those I, are loaded questions. No, no, no. You're fine. And I, I don't think there's any specific time you know, I, I was a manage I was in store management for Safeway, store management for Best Buy for a very long time. That's where I mm-hmm. that's where I developed my my business acumen, right? Yeah. Um, but I was also staccato. I was a taskmaster. I yeah. would take on a lot of the work myself. I would stress out, I would work extra hours. Hmm. And along the way, you have a lot of coaches, you know, who are like, Hey, you know, you should look at this, look at that. You yeah. know, you should you're doing everything yourself, your people don't respect you. You know, you're going up there going, hey, I need that done and that and that and that and that, right? Well, you're an alpha male. I am. I view you as an alpha male. I am. I appreciate Not that. an abusive one. I, I view you as an alpha male. Uh, I don't think that was something that was developed in you. Now, I've only known you a short time, but I'm a pretty good judge of who I'm looking at. And we've shared a gaze like this a number of times. Mm-hmm. The eyes truly are a window to the soul. It's respect. Yeah. Or, you know, it's a problem. <laughs> You and I, we don't have a problem. No, I don't want a problem with you, David Ligatich. <laughs> you do not want a problem with David Ligatich. He's a gentleman, but make no mistake, the man has no fear. And we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, please carry on. So, you know, the, it, it went in part in a decision that I made when we moved back back from Alaska to Oregon. I, I took on that stress. I became very negative. I became, to, my, to, to people around me when I was driving, to my family, that that's what hurt the most. Mm. And uh, we made the decision to move back, and I literally had a discussion with my wife, and I said, when we move back, I want to change me. I said, I'm tired of being stressed out. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of pissing people off. Yeah. I want to I wanna be open. I want to learn pe- about people. I want to talk to people. I want to create conversation with people. Yeah. And how, how do you say, how does that involve leadership, right? What I found is you're always looking for, to hire great people. Well, great people, let them do their job. Okay? Don't but go David, if you want something done right, you, you got to do it yourself, right? Nope. 
No, you need to surround yourself with good people. Yeah. You really do. That's right. Surround yourself with good people. And that being open and talking to people opened doors for me and my family that were never there. And it actually allowed me to surround myself with great people because they respected me and I respected them. Yeah. With my uh, restaurants and our employees, I let them do their thing. Now, that's not to say that they do things right 100% of the time. I believe in two things. It's called in-the-moment coaching, which is in-the-moment coaching for positive or in-the-moment coaching for clarifying. Mm. If I see somebody doing something right, I usually go up and give them a high five and go, that is exactly what I'm looking for. That yeah. is a great job. That's so missing in it businesses is. today. It is. And you know what? They go like this. They're like, oh, my God. You know, I'm the owner, right? Yeah. Well, it's foreign to them. <clears throat> it is. And they're like, David said, this is awesome. And I teach my managers to do the same thing. Hmm. Constructive criticism, though. Let's say they're doing something wrong. I specifically grab them. I pull them off the floor. And I said, hey, I saw you do this. I'm very specific. This is exactly what I saw you do. Yeah. I want to let you know that we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. Here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. I would really like you to start doing it this way. So instead of just reprimanding somebody or giving them a verbal warning that goes in their file, you actually explain what they did wrong and how they can do it right. Correct. Yes. And we do verbals. Yeah. We do corrective action. Sure. We, we, you I, have to. I don't like to call them a write-up. I like to call them corrective action because what you're trying to do is correct their action. Okay. Okay. Well, see, that concept is even foreign to me because I've always known business owners to do it the way I just said. And verbiage <clears throat> matters. What you call something, even if it's corrective or a verbal warning, mm -hmm. you know, it's how, how are those words perceived? By the person you're dealing with, right? I love that you call it corrective action because the, it's not like a discipline. No, it's not. And and I even tell them, and they even agree, when you get to that point, so the first one's a verbal, the second one's a written, the, then you have a final and a termination, right? Mm -hmm. And you know you can follow that anyway during the severity of what's going on. Yeah. But the first thing I always tell them is, is I'm going to go over this with you, but if you continue this, you're going to end up firing yourself. Yeah. And don't go down that road. Yeah. So here's specifically what you did wrong. Here's specifically what you need to do right. Yeah. And here's specifically what's going to happen next time you don't you do it wrong. Yeah. It's simple. Well, you know what? Um, you've you've already well, before we started recording, you birthed already another episode where we're going to talk <laughs> about love and marriage and how we all fell in love. Um, what did that look like? You just birthed another one. We're going to talk about hiring right and firing right. Have you ever had to fire somebody? You know what? I have. I, I actually just had to fire someone the other day, and it was an immediate termination. And it was on a day off yeah, where we had to get in a car, drive down, yeah. and just fire them. So let, let's save the details for the Absolutely. episode because I want to hear from you and other business owners, and I'm a business owner too. I've had to fire people. But how do we do that? Um, one last thing about firing before we move on. I don't sure. know, man, we could go down this rabbit. We could go down 100 rabbit trails, me and you. And we will in the future. Make no mistake about it. He's coming back. Um, but... Uh, firing should never be a surprise to the person getting fired. Would you agree with that? I agree, because most people fire themselves. That's right. Yep. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's let's look at this. So what about your health scare? Now you were you are a successful business owner. You've got how many locations that you own? We own six. You own six. You and your wife own six. It's successful. Everybody here in the local community knows it. They love Biscuits Cafe. They love you. you. They love your wife. Everybody involved, your son Luke is amazing. You have Thank an you. older son as well. He is amazing too. You. Your whole family is just amazing. So everything's going okay at this time, I'm guessing. And then you begin to have like, not like a not like a cough, man. You You had something really bad happening to you that could cost you your life, dang near did cost you your life. Was that out of the blue, all of a sudden, this thing hit you? Like, tell us about that. Okay, the first thing I wanna say is, if you are having heartburn, see a doctor. It doesn't matter how severe, go see a doctor. So don't just drink a bunch of Maalox no, and- No, I was popping your Tums. <laughs> I was I was popping everything. Yeah, you know, you I had get, a bottle of Maalox by the bed. I'd chug it every night. You know, about a third of it to try and get you to stay sleep sleep yeah. during the night. Yeah, yeah. I um, 
you know, you get busy, you have employees, you have businesses, you're building, yeah. you know, there's a lot of stuff. You, you know, when you're building, everybody thinks you own a business and you're rich, right? Mm. No, you own a business and you're holding your paycheck to make sure all your employees get paid first. Yeah, they're the rich ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're the it, ones getting paid. You do get successful after a time, and we're just starting to see that, which is nice. Good. Okay. Um, I was having issues. I would wake up in the middle of the night. Um, mm. I didn't know it, but I wasn't breathing. But my wife would say, you know, you stopped breathing. Yeah. Um, what happened was that acid reflux would go up into my throat. It get to the point where you have a gag reflex, and it would shut my gag reflex, right? Oh wow! But then that acid would sit inside your throat and burn. It would burn mm -hmm. holes in your throat. Yeah. Um, and I would cough, and I coughed so much that one day my stomach went up into my chest cavity. What? It's called a hiatal hernia. Hiatal hernia. But mine was a little different because half of my stomach stayed down. So you're half and half. Half and half, and. I was having a not that that should be one of the suggestions for a nickname. Let's move on. <laughs> half and half. So wake up in the middle of the night, just gasping for air. It's like you would have that dream where you're trying to swim to the top of the water. You can see it, but you can't get there. And once you get there, you wake up and you're like, <gasps> and then I would go in the bathroom and I'd spit up this pink stuff. And what it was is it was mucus, blood, and particles of my throat. Oh my god. So. So what, I, did, what did you think? Like, what were you thinking when you're coughing that up? You're just thinking, oh, it's just some reflux. How, how can I hide this from my wife? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't want to worry her. Why hide it? Because, you know, we're running a business at this time. We're yeah. building. We're working so much, right? Being successful. You know, just trying to yeah. get successful. A lot of employees, you know, kids, outside activities, all this yeah. stuff. And I just didn't think of myself. I was thinking of them. So I, it went on for years years wow i gained weight because i couldn't eat right i mean i was at 268 yeah. pounds at one point you were i was i got some cool pictures i can show you um one day i was interviewing a gal by the way my wife saw me spitting up blood and she was very worried and she kept telling me oh, sure. go to the hospital go to the hospital yeah. and i'm just like okay i'm going to wait you were up to 268 pounds yeah what are you right now uh, if, if i can one, ask i'm 178 wow and then during, after, I can't even imagine. After the first surgery, I get down to 142. Wow. Yeah, I was anemic. Um, oh my gosh. So, interviewing a gal at the Biscuits in Gresham, mm -hmm. and I just start coughing uncontrollably. Like a new employee you were interviewing? Yeah, and she was, you know, just during the application process and all that. And uh, I start coughing. I'm like, <laughs> you know. She says, You okay? I said, uh, Yeah, I'm fine. Let's, you know. She goes, You're not okay. She goes, look down. I had blood everywhere. My first instinct was to run to the bathroom, wash it off, and go back to the interview. Go back to work. <laughs> but the blood yeah. wouldn't stop. Wow. So I called my wife. I jumped in my car, drove over to Sunnyside, yeah. uh, Kaiser. Uh -huh. I said, I don't know what's going on, but I'm, I'm going to the hospital. Yeah. And she's freaking out, right? Sure. Yeah. She's at a different location. And I get to the hospital, and you know, obviously, you don't have to wait at that point in emergency. They see blood all over you, and they take you right back, right? Yeah. So I do a CT scan, uh, do the—I always forget the word of it—whatever they put on you to see if you have a baby. Oh, uh, ultrasound. Ultrasound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I must be the only dude that got an ultrasound. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, boy I'm, or a girl? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm sitting in the uh, the room, and. You know, trying to figure out what's going on, right? Waiting for all these yeah. results. And the, this doctor comes in and he says, uh, David Ligatich? I said, yeah. He says, birthday? I tell him. He says, uh, I am Dr. So-and-so. Um, uh, we need to rush you into surgery. We're going to remove your stomach and about 50 feet of your intestines. All of it? All and of about it. how many feet? 50 feet. How many feet are there? There's actually, I, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. But it was the majority of my small intestine. That's a lot of square footage. It is. Not square footage. That's, that's, I want to know how long it is. We need to look that up. We need to look that up. Yeah. So 50, they're going to, 50, not five, 50, 50. feet yeah. of your innards. Intestines. And I said, I said, I, I want a second opinion. I, I'm going to go to Providence. Yeah. I said, are you, you sure you got the right guy? And this doctor had no bedside manner. He literally looked at the thing again like he was confused. Yeah. They're usually the best doctors anyway, though. He actually is the number one doctor in Oregon for this surgery. Is that surgery. right? Yes. I actually wow. called around after the surgery because yeah. he said, uh, David Ligatich? I said, yeah. He goes, birth date? 
I go, yeah. And he goes, I have the right room. I said, he says, you don't have time to get a second opinion. He says, you'll probably be dead tomorrow. Yeah. The bile goes all throughout your body and just starts eating your your vital organs. Is that like a sepsis there? It's it's actually acid. Oh, wow. Yeah, you, your stomach has acid in oh, it. Oh, very powerful acid. Yeah, very powerful acid. Um, so anyway, um, called my wife, but it was during COVID, so she couldn't come in the hospital. Oh, good grief. So she's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Have my surgery, wake up. Dr. Tay's like, you know, everything went well. You know, uh, yeah. you're, you're going to be here for probably a week. You know, we got to get you to learn how to, you know, do all this stuff, right? You got to relearn how to eat. You got to relearn yeah. how to go to the bathroom. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. That's pretty humbling. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. I remember laying in that bed and I calling for the nurse. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. She goes, you are. I said, what do you mean I am? And yeah. Anyway, well, that's, wow. a, that's another discussion. For yeah. Another we'll day, get to, right. No, it's all right. Um, Heavy. So the doctor says to me, well, you're going to need a few more surgeries. Um, we, we probably added six months to you. You should probably go and get your affairs in order. Wow. Yeah. That's not what you want to hear. No. No. But here it is three years later. I'm still here. Hold on, hold on. So this doctor says he's one of the best in Oregon. He did a great job on the surgery. Mm -hmm. He said you probably got six months, get your affairs in order. And you're how far beyond that? How three years. Three years since you had that surgery. Uh, I've had three, sur four surgeries since then. So yeah, you're a walking miracle. You're not supposed to be here, uh, allegedly. Today I'm not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? I'm fighting the good fight. Hmm. I am making sure that my children and my wife are successful, and I don't mean in a monetary way, hmm. but successful for when I leave this earth, which I am totally fine with. But when I leave this earth, I can feel comfortable. You, by all worldly standards, you are on borrowed time. Every day with your husband, your, not your husband, sorry. Every day with your wife, every day with both of your boys, every day with your business, every single day you are still around is a gift you're not supposed to be here but i am a firm believer in this and i don't want to get you know a lot of our listeners aren't religious but i'm going to say this anyway if you weren't supposed to be here you would not be here there is a purpose that you're here i agree there really is and i know that you agree it's been a it's been an amazing journey these last three years it's probably some of the best time of my life. All right, let me get this right. Everything's a success with your business. You're growing. You've got a great marriage. You have two wonderful boys that you brag about constantly. <laughs> your stomach has to be removed as well as 50 feet of your intestines. You're given six months to live at best you're three plus years past all of that. And when that tragedy happens, that health scare, which would be terrifying to anybody, are you telling me that you're living your best life in the last three years? You know, Tim McGrath's? Oh, yeah. Live, Live like, like you're you were dying. dying. Do it. Is that what you're doing? It makes you fearless. Hmm. 100% fearless. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about next. <laughs> because in spite, in spite of all of this stuff that's happened to you, most people I know would walk away from all of this and they would live every day afraid they're going to fall over dead. They would live every day afraid, so afraid that they would probably lay in their bed, get their government benefits, not really do anything with life, and just wait to die. That's the way I would say most people who get bad news like that and they're outliving their time that they were supposedly given, they just lay down and float. I call it leaf in a river. They're just like a leaf in a river floating down to whatever, but you seem to take life in spite of the doctor's uh, proclamation, despite everything that's happened to you, 
you've taken everything good, the bad, the ugly, and every single day you're making something out of it. Now, you and I, I've said this earlier, have shared a gaze just like this one because I know that you know a little bit about me, mm-hmm. and this podcast is not about me, it's about you, but I will say this. One thing we share is that we are fearless, and that's not a macho thing. That comes from being crushed, not because you're strong or macho or you think you're better than everybody else. It comes from becoming nothing in the eyes of everyone else. It does. I've been nothing in the eyes of everyone else. And I look in your eyes, and I see that you have been crushed so badly, like me, that there's nothing left to be afraid of. What on God's green earth can happen to you that you haven't already faced face-to-face? No, I mean, we've been homeless for over a year in a campground with our kids. We have lost everything, all of our possessions. Um, And you would think that you would give up, but I'm determined. I'm determined not to do that. I see Uh, that. I I have a wife that I have loved since the day I met her. And I care for her, and I care for my two boys, and I care what happens to them once I leave this world. Um, I don't think I've ever been choked up on this podcast. Of course, I'm only about 10 or 11 episodes in. I'm sure it's going to happen again, but I feel such a kinship with you. We've gone through different things, same result. Makes us better men. It makes us better men. Yep. This country needs men like you. It needs men like me. Not that we're a better above anyone else. That's you know, and, I, and you know, I don't mean it that way because uh, you and I know each other a bit. Mm-hmm. This country needs strong men who will stand up for what's right. Not just in government, in our own home, in our businesses in our churches, wherever you go, in our society, in our communities, and especially in our schools. Our schools have gone to hell in a handbasket. I don't know what's going on, but our schools are just being ravaged. And I don't want to get too political with it uh, about left and the right and all that stuff. I have friends on both sides of the aisle. And the friends I have on the right, I'm a registered independent, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not a Bernie Sanders fan. Uh, It's because there's, there's certain... Uh, stereotypes that go along with being a Republican. Oh, you're one of those. Or you're a, li- or you're a Democrat. Oh, you're a libtard. Oh, you're one of those. And there's all these name callings that go back and forth. It's so divisive right now. I just said, you know what? I'm a registered independent. I'll vote for whichever side I want to according to my personal morals and beliefs. And that's just kind of where I stand. But of all the fearlessness that you have acquired through suffering, you are about to enter a place that is far worse <laughs> Then your health scare, David Ligatich, ladies and gentlemen, he is going to enter the public school system. (laughs) Love it. Now, that's where you're going with this. Okay, so you've lived beyond your expectations, according to the doctors. Why the public school system? What, you know, why are you doing this? You could be doing so many other things. Obviously, this is important. Why is this so important to you? We're in a day and an age where you talk about liberals and, and uh, conservatives. Yeah. Best friends cannot be a liberal and a conservative. The majority. Not anymore. Disagree. And then they're not friends anymore. Why, why cannot we just have a, a, a question or a decision or a, or a conversation where we can agree to disagree yeah. and go fishing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why do we have to like ghost on Facebook or, you know, all this other stuff, right? Right. There's three things I don't talk about when I'm at my restaurants. Yeah. Sex, politics, and religion. Mm. There's three things I don't talk about when I know someone's going to disagree with me. Sex, politics, and religion. Mm. Um, Good policy. My son, uh, Luke, is a sophomore in, in the Gresham Barlow School System. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at another school and I, I I'll, I'll keep everything kind of on the down low cause I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. Sure. But there was a situation that came up and he was divided he come home and he's just like, dad, I got, I got to tell you about this. Right. And I was like, 
what? That, that actually happens in our schools? He says, yeah. I said, do me a favor. Take some pictures of stuff that you're not agreeing with. Take some video of stuff that you're not agreeing with. Bring that home. That's for me and you. Yeah. We can watch it. And if you're conflicted, I will sit there and say, here's the right and here's the wrong. Yeah. Because we're not going to stop the stuff that's happening 100%, right? Right, right. And it, it is a part of our social divide. It is a part of who we are and how we're evolving, it's right? It's culture right now. It's culture right now. Well, not only that, but the fact that you are the one telling your kid and guiding your child to what's right and wrong is appropriate. For the school to do that, that's not appropriate. That's out of pocket. No, that is a parent, parental right. Yeah. And I would hope that the majority of parents have that interaction with their children. Yeah. I do know in this day in life with having two jobs and, you know, being, you know, things are expensive right it's now. It's really right? tough. It's tight. Especially for single parents. And a lot of these single parents or even parents that both have jobs or even two jobs apiece, you know, yeah. that kid is spending a lot of time at home by themselves. Yeah. Um, I promised him that I would run for school board. I said, you know, look, I have two options, Luke. I can go to the school board, get my three minutes of free time and yell and scream and nothing will get accomplished. Not a thing. Or I know that change happens from the top down. That's right. And I can get on the school board. Now, what do you need to change, right? Am I going to go on there and just like CRT and this and that and blah, blah, blah? Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm the type of person. Like I got two kids that I love very much. I have one that is gay, okay? And I, I have to think to myself, what, what would Dylan say? What, how would Dylan feel, right, yeah. if this situation come up, whatever situation was? Yeah. And then I have another son who's a quote-unquote white, white male Christian, mm -hmm. okay? And how would his beliefs go along with this, right? Yeah. Well, there's got to be a common ground. I think that every child has in the Gresham Barlow School District should have the best education possible. And we can set policies for that. If And if there are current policies that are not working, you know, you can change those policies, right? I think that every child, no matter their race, their sexuality, what have you, deserves to come home every day with their head high, not down low. Mm -hmm. I also believe that the curriculum that we have should be available or readily available to the parents and the students online. Yeah, I actually went to Salem at the Capitol and I spoke on this. Mm. It's called Senate Bill 409. I right hope, now, if I hope you that passes, I do too, and and for two reasons. If if I as a parent, if my my child is failing at a subject, yeah, I can go online readily available, pull that curriculum, study that curriculum, and then sit side by side with them after dinner and say, hey, here's here's where your help is, Yeah. right? On the other spectrum, if I go through the curriculum and I see something in there that's against our beliefs, I can opt them out. Yeah. Or I at least know ahead of time and I can have my conversation with my child and say, this is right and this is wrong based on our beliefs, yeah. right? Could, could I ask you a question it's, and you don't have to answer it, mm -hmm. uh, but why why would the school system? And I don't. I'm not painting it all with a bad paintbrush. This, sure. You know, I'm. This is a very broad brush I'm painting with. Um, why wouldn't the school? Why would the school system or persons inside the school system be opposed to parents knowing what's being taught in the first place? So I'm the kind of guy that does research. Sure. You know, I want to have an informed decision. Yeah, you do your homework. I do. And yeah, uh, I there's two, there's kind of threefold, actually. Okay. Um, one, the curriculum that the uh, companies, by the way, this is a business, right? These people sell books to the schools. They develop the curriculum and all that. Yeah, I never really thought of it that way. It is. It's a business. Huh. It's copyrighted material. So okay. do they want to put their copyright in material? So right now, if you want to go as a parent, if you want to go check out the curriculum, you have to make an appointment. You have to go, I believe, downtown. I could be wrong. You get two hours to search through all the curriculum for whatever you're looking for. And then your time's up and you go. Why not just put it online so you can click on it? Here's math. Here's history. Here's this. Here's PE. Here's that. So it's kind of like Library of Congress. You can go in, look at the books, but you got to leave. You got to leave them there as our curriculum at that Correct. at that level. Correct. Correct. So, 
I also think there's an other side of it because I have heard things uh, in person and even at Senate Bill 409 hearing mm -hmm. that people think that we're going to erase their history or we're going to, as parents, dig into this curriculum and then cause havoc and, you know, all that other stuff. Yeah. Any realistic parent of a child does not want to have harm to a school, a school district. Right. They don't want that. They want a choice. We want to be on the same side with the school district. Yeah. We, you know, and I, I get some of their confusion or their dilemma because there's so many different morals and beliefs out there that are going right. to say, no, I don't want my kid in this. I don't want my kid in that. I can see where it's going to get messy, but freedom is messy. It is. Freedom can be messy and it's not supposed to be clean cut and it's hard and it takes a lot of work. But, you know, I, I want to know what my child's being taught. I, I think I have the we right. We have the right. We have the right, don't we? Yeah, it is. It's actual law. I mean, we have the right. Yeah. 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 Let's just make it so readily anyway, available. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, as I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had an issue with my son. I got pissed off and I said, I'm going to go run for school board, right? But when you start looking at what a school board does, okay? School board does negotiating with the contracts for the teachers union. Okay. School board keeps a balanced budget and tries to keep everybody happy. Okay. School board sets curriculum or approves curriculum or or standards, you know, yeah. kind of that stuff. Sure. And a school board is in charge of the superintendent. They are in charge of hiring or firing or interviewing new superintendents. So, so you're not really a politician. You're not a, a school board member. Is not really a politician. A you're parent. more of a you're a, you're a manager, right? You're managing the it health is, of the school system. If you is look that, at that. It's did a, I say that it's right? It's a business. Okay. That that portion is a business. Well, you have a little experience in that, don't you? I got a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I got a little bit. I, I, my background is human resources, leadership, negotiating, budgeting, yeah, profitability, and you know what? That's an expertise that I want to bring to the school board, so I can work with the other school board members, give my input, yeah. and hopefully help guide us in a in a in a direction where we can be better than we currently are. Not saying we're bad where we're at, but yeah. everybody wants to be better. Right? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Because because no school board, I don't care where it's at, is perfect. They all have their flaws. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're all humans. Correct. It, it, it's just, well, I, I think you're going to be a great addition to the team because you don't seem to me to be the guy that wants to come in and wreck everything and create a brand new school board. It no. seems to me... Well, what is, what is your goal? When you get on the school board, like, why are you even doing this? Are you going in to try to fix all of the school board's terrible problems and be the savior of the school board? Like, what, what's your mindset going in on this? Number one, I love Gresham. Yeah. I love Gresham. It's a good town. We, we have adopted charities like Snowcap and my father's house and Pink mm. Sistas. And, yeah. you know, we make sure that as much of our money as possible is spent in Gresham. Yeah. Uh, I just love the community here. The community loves us. Yeah. And I want to give back. And this is a way for me to give back. Two, I, I have skin in the game. I still have a boy in school. Yeah, I want to be able to say I did something. So you're not just bored and like, hey, I should probably do something like this. You don't get paid for this. <laughs> this is this is volunteer time and time which I don't have. Well, you know, David, um, 2024 presidential elections coming up. Before you know it, um, any chance of uh, any chance of this, uh, David Ligatich? 2024 for <laughs> United States president. Any chance of that happening? No, this is David. Not Lig at all, huh? This is David Ligatich, four years on the school board and retire. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I mean, that could, that could change, but no, yeah. that, that's where I'm at. This I'm doing for the community and this I'm doing for my son. And, uh, I was actually asked this question, you know, what's your angle? What are you trying to do? You know, by somebody very prominent, yeah. I don't have an angle. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm trying to be a parent yeah. And student advocate. Yeah. Uh, this is probably what I'll wear on the school board. You know, I, I'm, not, right. I'm not a suit and tie guy, right? That's about right, folks. What you see <laughs> is what you get with this guy. There, There's no hidden agenda with this guy. There's just not. And not only that, but if if there was, he wouldn't be able to hide it very well. He he holds everything oh, on, his, on his sleeve. I'm if, very honest. If he's, <laughs> I've never seen the man lie, but if he were, you'd know it. You would know it. Yeah. yeah appreciate but, that. Yeah, but... For you to run on the school board, like what 
what's your why? I know that you have kids in the game, and I appreciate that you're running because I have two kids in the Gresham Barlow School District. Absolutely. My son, Jacob, he's at Deep Creek, Damascus. And then my daughter, Jaden, she's 16. She's one of the captains of the dance team at Barlow High School. Yeah. Luke, so Luke actually have, is the same, same age, same grade. He knows her. Yeah, 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 they know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have skin in the game, too. Mm-hmm. And so I assure you that this guy's not on my podcast if I didn't think he was going to be helping my kids. And um, and if he wasn't, then we'd be having a very different conversation <laughs> right here. Make no mistake, because fearless is something we share. It I is. got no problem giving somebody the what for right here on the air. I, I, I could care less. But here's the thing. Your why is so rich. You're not bored. You're not like, ah. Eh. I mean, this guy that you're looking at right here, he was given six months to live. He's three years into this six months to live, and he's choosing to run for the school board. My dad always told me, and I've heard this even before my dad, that a dying man's last words are the most important words he will have ever uttered in his life. And I'm not saying Absolutely you're dying. Agree. What I'm saying is you acknowledge that you are living on borrowed time. And this, this is how you're planning on spending your time. Not all of it, but a lot of your time is going to be spent that way. Tell this, me and tell everybody out there how valuable your contribution to this school board is going to be, considering that you could be doing so many other things. You could be riding the wave of your success daily, and you're choosing this. Why? I, honestly? Yeah. I love my family. I love this community. And I made a promise to my son that I will not break. Sorry. <laughs> it's 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 where I'm supposed to be right now. It really is. I have no doubt about that. I want to be the guy who sits up there when that parent comes and yells and screams. Mm-hmm. And I want to go, hey, you and me, let's get together after this. Because I want to be able to figure out where you're coming from and as a school board member, what we can do to fix it. And I don't care if it's the guy coming in and yelling about CRT. I don't care if it's the gal coming in on the other end. Make me understand what's going on in your head. And then if it makes sense to me, I am going to be your advocate. So you're not only offering dialogue. Well, first of all, they're screaming because they don't feel like they're being heard. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you're, you're going to be that listening ear. Is that what you're saying? Not only the listening ear, but you could, if, if they're on the right track, you could actually stand side by side with that parent as an advocate on their behalf with the rest of the school board members. Absolutely. That's my goal. You well, see, I wish there were more of you because more often than not, what I see people yelling and screaming in school board meetings, I'm not saying the school board, you're running for aggression Barlow. I'm saying you, you see these YouTube videos all over the place. You do, people everywhere. yelling and screaming at the school board. And the only thing the school board seems to be ready to do is to get this person's time over with and move to something that they will actually take the time to listen to. And that's disrespectful. Yeah. I value their input and their time more than their three minutes. Every parent? Every parent. Why not? I, I've got I've got this balancing act that You really my, do. I do. And I feel for both. Yeah. You're talking about your two sons. My two sons. Yeah. You, you you have a perspective that most people don't have. Most people look out and they'll, they'll see the LGBTQ community, and then they'll look out and they'll see um, the conservative community, but they don't really have any loving attachment to, to more than one of them. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. You have a unique perspective I honestly don't think I know anybody else that has your perspective because I know your values and I know what you believe. I know that you love both sons equally. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have, see, the thing that, that's different about you in my eyes is that you not only see the LGBTQ community and you not only see the conservative community, but you have a love and affection for people in both that is something general, most yes. people don't have. You have a son here and you have a son there. 
and you love them both equally and dearly with your life. And that love, in my opinion, is what gives you a great perspective that most people, if not all people on the school board, current school board, not that they're bad, but maybe they don't have that close of a love and affection for somebody on both sides. It's a very unique thing, I think. Jesus. Are you going to bring up that guy? I am going to bring it up. Jesus says, follow me, right? He went over to Matthew and he said, Matthew, follow me. That's powerful. It is powerful. He didn't say, you're gay, don't follow me. Hmm. He said, everybody, follow me. Yeah. Well, it's the most uh, the most famous verse in all the Bible, maybe, is John 3.16. Is that right? It is. See it at football games. No matter what you believe, you can't deny it. Everybody's seen it up there. For God uh, so loved the world. The, some people in the world. Everybody but the gays. Is that what it says? It says everybody but the... The adulterers, everybody but the murderers, everybody but the, and you can fill in the blanks, it's for God so loved the world. If you believe in God, great, you're going to get this. If you don't, ignore it. But it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever, not whoever minus somebody, is my understanding, David, is, do I have the theology or whatever you call it wrong? No, nope, you are 100%. It's correct. whoever, right? Whoever's whoever's whoever. whoever. Yeah. You think about this, when he was on the cross, and, and I'm doing a lot of research in the Bible right now, Okay. but when he was on the cross, the gentleman next to him was a murderer or a thief. Was, oh, the thief on the cross. Thief right? on the cross. The other yeah, guy. Maybe it was the, the thief on the cross. Yeah, he was between two of them. One of them cursed him, and I think the other one... The other one said, how, how do I get to heaven? He said, remember me. Remember, yeah. yeah he's basically calling him king, lord. Whatever. And Jesus said, and, and don't, I, again, I'm researching all this, right? Yeah. This may be common knowledge to a lot of people out there. I've had a journey these last three years. And he said, love the Lord, give up your sins, and you will sit with me in heaven. Right? And I have a strong belief they're both up there. Here's a guy that sinned his entire life in the last few minutes of his breaths. He went to heaven. Well, Jesus told him. He said, today you will be with me in yes. paradise. The guy never did a thing for God his whole life. But in his last dying breaths, man, that'll wreck your theology if you got bad theology. Like, oh, if you're not going to heaven because you're not baptized. Like, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Thief wasn't baptized. Thief on the cross wasn't baptized. Correct. He didn't go through, uh, what do you call it, a mass. or he, he did literally not one act he did for God. And he's he in asked paradise. forgiveness for his sins. It doesn't seem fair. But you know what? God's not fair. No. Is my understanding. But let me ask you this. Here's, here's kind of my last question. Yeah. Before we end this, and you, are, you know you're coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd you know you're back. coming back. He'll be back, folks. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, oh, I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, let's get that voice on. I'll be back. <laughs> Love it. I know, right? That's pretty cool. Um, here's the deal. How can people support you? I'm going to put your graphic up right now. Let us know, all the listeners out there, number one, is it just people in this district that live here that can support you? Can anybody give to your campaign? Like, tell us, tell anybody out there how they can support you, uh, whether financially, whether at the ballot box, when's the voting, fill us in. So I am uh, running for Gresham Barlow School District position seven. And seven is an open seat. So when you get your voters pamphlet at the end of April, um, you will, everybody will be able to vote for me. And, and I don't know if much people know this. If you're in a certain seat, only the people that live in that border gets a voter pamphlet with that person in it. Oh, interesting. I am in the entire Gresham So you're, you're in everybody's hands. I'm in everybody's hands right now. Wow. Okay. Um, as far as support, davidligatichforschools.com is my website. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a Facebook page. It's Ligatich for GBSD or Gresham Barlow School District. If you can like that Facebook page, mm -hmm. um, share what you feel you can share. I mean, I, you make up your mind whether you want to share or not, but it's about name recognition right now. I do have a pretty big name in the business uh, community. Yeah, everybody here knows you. In the business community, yeah, it's... I like to help out a lot. Um, 
but there's a lot of people out there that vote that probably don't know my name. Yeah. Um, if you want to donate and, you know, we can get more signs and get more stuff out there, you can definitely do that through the Facebook page or the website. Okay. You know, five bucks, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 250, yeah. whatever you can afford. 100,000 would be good. Actually, you know what? I'll be honest that with too you. Much? That's too much. <laughs> Is that too much? That's, wait, that's too much. Um, but it's been a very successful uh, campaign so far. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, I, I, I just want to thank this business community and community for everyone that has stepped up. I am I am not good at asking for things. I'm a giver. Yeah. I'm not a taker. You are a giver. Yeah. yeah, you are. And uh, it's very hard for me to ask for things because I usually just try and get it done myself or, you know get people to help me do it. But this business community and this community in general has just been absolutely open arms and and unbelievable. And I I think every single one of everybody, I just think all of them. Well, as a parent myself with kids in the school district where you're running for, I thank you for coming in and just being willing to do this. Despite everything you've been through, despite what the doctors have said, how much you've got to live, I don't believe a word of it anyway. I really value the fact that you're doing this not just doing this, but you're doing this in the context of your situation. And you find this so valuable for your boys and for my kids too. And every parent out there that has kids in the school district, this is a guy you want to vote for. Now he's not good at asking for stuff, but I have no shame. So I'm going to go ahead and ask for you. Listen, donate money, donate your time. If you want to hit the ground, you want to share, share his Facebook page, like it, subscribe to it, whatever you've got to do. Also, like and subscribe to this. Share this episode. If you talk to people and they're like, who's David Ligatich? What's the school board? Share this episode so they can get a little glimpse of who they're voting for. So many people get these pamphlets. They don't know who to vote for, so they either just toss them and throw them away, or they just pick somebody who, oh, I like that person. Oh, I've heard of that person. They have no idea what they believe. They have no idea what they stand for. So I want to just say thank you, David, for coming on here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it, it, it truly is an honor to have you. It Thank really you. is. It's an honor to be here. More than having you here, it is truly an honor to know you as a friend, and our friendship is developing. I can't wait to spend more time with you. You're going to come back. Uh, maybe you do some co-hosting with me, but we're <laughs> going to get into a lot more stuff. David has a brilliant mind, which is another reason you need to vote for him. Hey, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. you being here. Yeah. Hey, listen, you guys, like and subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with everybody that you can, especially in the Gresham Gresham Barlow School District, so they can understand who this man is and why they should be voting for him. Till next time, I'll see you. Keep your head up. Be genuine, respectful, intentional, and keep training. We can be the men we're supposed to be, the men we're destined to be. God bless you guys. See you next time. Well, hey, everybody, those of you who like tattoos, I got to give a plug for a product I have been using lately. And I'll tell you what, I'm not getting any money from any of these sponsors, but I want to tell you about this product. Again, I get nothing for it. They haven't promised me anything. I picked some of this stuff up off of Amazon. I heard some good uh, some good reviews about it. It is called Richie Bulldog Certified. It is Hustle Butter Deluxe. If you're getting a tattoo or you've got a brand new tattoo, you've got to pick some of this up. I'll show it to you really quick. It smells good. It smells really good. It is like this buttercream, and you put it on a fresh new tattoo in order to help preserve the ink to reduce itching and soreness. As you can see, I just got this one here. This is a brand new tattoo in a very, very painful place. This stuff helps tremendously. Not only that, but you can put it on existing tattoos to help bring out the ink and preserve the ink and make it nice looking brand new. Again, Richie Bulldog Certified Hustle Butter Deluxe. Go grab some of this. I think it was like 20 bucks. I'll put the link below. If you're a tattoo guy, you got to check this out. All right. Thank you, Richie. Hey, I want to give two kudos. Number one, I want to give a kudo to you for watching the Grit Podcast. I hope you've liked and subscribed it. Please leave a comment, leave a rating. Let us know how we're doing. If you're interested in being a guest, let us know about that too. Kudos number two is going to go to the sponsor of the show today, American Family Estate Preservation. We will be there when you need us the most. How many of you know that when you pass away, you're going to leave your stuff behind? I have never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse, and I can tell you this. When you are gone, your stuff is going somewhere. It can either go to the government or it can go to your kids and your grandkids. Which do you prefer? How much do you want the government to get and how much do you want your kids to get? Are you uh, concerned about probate? 
Maybe you don't know what probate is. It's not a good thing. Well, here's the deal. American Family Estate Preservation, they will be there when you need them the most. If you need free education regarding estate planning or and you need free legal advice regarding your personal situation with your estate, get this. They will answer those questions and give you that legal advice at no cost. Let me say that again. Any information you need regarding your estate or any legal advice that you need regarding your estate, they will provide that to you at no cost. Well, how in the world do we get a hold of these guys? Here's the deal. You go to mylivingtrust.org or afipi.com, A-F-E-P-I. I personally, I have a living trust with them so that my estate will avoid probate and my kids will get everything I want them to have immediately, no probate, privately, and get this, tax-free. That's what I have set up. I would encourage you to give them a call and uh, they will educate you so that you can make an educated decision on what your family needs. American Family Estate Preservation will be there when you need us the most. Afipi.com, contact them today. We'll see you guys next time right here on The Grit Podcast. (laughs) 